Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came, to, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put your, the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words that flow from my mouth make sense because they are inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, one of the things that I'm really grateful for about growing up in this point in world history is that it's really easy to differentiate between good and evil, right and wrong. Growing up with Saturday morning cartoons like Scooby-Doo, there might be a mystery to solve, but there was always a bad guy that you could unmask at the end. Television and movies highlight the villains by a change in the tone of the music or the lighting to either reveal straight away who the bad guy is or they, they take us on a slow journey revealing who we need to identify as the person who is in the wrong. And today's media is also really helpful in helping us to identify who's right and who's wrong. Just pick up any news bulletin um, on, the, on the television, on social media, on the internet, old-fashioned papers if you still uh, partake of that, and you'll quickly know by reading the, the article even the headline, who is right and who is in the wrong. And fortunately for us, today's gospel fits right into that well-known contemporary genre. Jesus is the good guy, the devil is the bad guy, and we know exactly what we need to do. Just say no and resist temptation. Pretty easy, right? I can stop right away. But you know that I won't. <laughs> It's all we need, really, to do, uh, to, to create a disciplined and a holy Lent. Just 
list all those things in our lives that we're finding that are tempting us and clear them out of our lives for the next 40 days. I want you to think a little bit differently to what this passage might at first seem to be leading us to be thinking like. If I asked you a question, what does success look like? Do you think it would be a reasonable answer if I said something like, well, success would be to attain financial security that allows you to live in relative comfort, be well-fed, fit and healthy. Success would be to create a support network around who would pick you up when you fall, who'd love you even when you fail and celebrate when you win. Success would be achieving some level of power and influence which can affect the decisions and the well-being of others. That doesn't sound too controversial, does it? I wonder if you've heard of this guy. His name is Logan Paul. Anybody heard of Logan Paul? A couple of nods at the 7.30 service. I didn't get many. What about this guy? KSI. Yeah, a couple of chuckles from uh, the back. Maybe you've even drunk this new beverage, Prime. Well, if you don't know who Logan Paul, KSI or Prime are, then what if I showed you their influence over the last week in Australia? It's a massive crowd gathered uh, to see them with one of our morning show hosts. Logan Paul and KSI, amongst other things, um, can be uh, fitted in, into one of uh, the most sought-after professions in 2023, their influences. Uh, Logan Paul's from the US, and uh, KSI's from the UK, and they're living the 2023 dream. Millions of followers worldwide, and they're dem- demonstrating their entrepreneurial zeal by marketing a new product and having it stand out in a saturated market. That's success, right, isn't it? But what if I told you that most of those people in the crowds gathered there were there to see Logan Paul and KSI and also get a free drink, but most of them were under the age of 18? What if I then told you that there's 200 milligrams of caffeine in each um, bottle of Prime And that's equivalent to more than five cups of coffee and more than double the caffeine intake of any energy drink that you can pick up from a service station fridge in Australia. What if I then told you that the recommended daily dose of caffeine for somebody under the age of 18 was no more than 100 milligrams? Are you starting to question their apparent success? But what if I added that one of the many criticisms and scandals surrounding these two young success stories was their contribution to the rise of toxic masculinity amongst young males today? 
Now, I've never had the privilege of meeting either of these guys. I have to say that I've never seen or listened to any of their online content at length. I have seen grabs. But I know about them and I know of them. I don't want to unfairly label or judge, but what I've seen and heard of them and others over the last few years has made me really wonder if what we see as success is only a very small step away from being something quite insidious. Good and evil, right and wrong, really isn't as black and white as the movies might like to make us think. And this gospel passage isn't as black and white or as straightforward as it first might seem. If success is to attain financial security that allows us to live in relative comfort, to be fit and healthy, if success is to create a network of support that will pick us up when we fall, love us when we fail, and celebrate with us when we win, if success is to achieve levels of power and influence that can affect decisions and the well-being of others, then in this Bible passage, we see that Jesus rejects all of them over a 40-day period. Only later in the gospel, to create food out of nothing, to feed 5,000 people. And at the end of these 40 days, angels rushed to Jesus' help, even though he turned them away a little earlier. And in my humble opinion, I reckon Jesus is the greatest influencer of all time, the greatest influencer the world has ever known even though he rejected power and influence offered to him. I'd be pretty confident that in 20 years' time, if you ask who is Logan Paul and KSI, you'll get a very similar response to our 7.30 congregation this morning, that they will have drifted off into obscurity. I'm certain that in 100 years' time, no one will have heard of them. But it's 2,000 years later and we're still talking about Jesus. What is it about his approach that is so different, that has made such a lasting difference, that it's shaped and reshaped the world that we live in multiple times? You may have worked out that life is not as simple as a hero versus the obvious villain. It's much more subtle than that. I remember being stopped short by a podcast not long after the outbreak of the Russia-Ukraine war when the presenter of the podcast suggested that the narrative um, of both the Putin regime and the Orthodox Church in Russia was that the West was evil. And it made me think of some of the consumeristic, ego-driven, hedonistic aspects of Western culture. And I did think to myself, wow, 
we're not necessarily the pure and holy defender of democracy good guys we'd like to think we are. There's so much of our culture that isn't quite right. Now that doesn't make war the right thing to do and it's not justifying any side one way or the other. War in itself is is abhorrent and evil. But the line between good and evil, right and wrong, is always way more subtle and way more insidious than we might assume when we first look at it. What the devil offers Jesus is false, but it is appealing. And the reason it's so appealing is that it's not that far away from the intended purpose of Jesus bringing about the kingdom of God. Jesus is asked to wrestle with the question of whether he'll settle for the quicker, less effort, pain-free substitute, which is going to look pretty much the same on the outside to most people, but on the inside will be full of decay. One thing to be very clear about in this passage, Jesus isn't tempted as we are. What Jesus goes through is nothing like me walking past Cinnabon on the way back from the gym and patting myself on the back for resisting the temptation. It's really hard, by the way. But what Jesus does go through, if we look a little deeper, is completely relatable to what we go through trying to live successful lives in our world today. As we read this passage, please don't try and do what Jesus does literalistically, this lance. I read last week of a pastor in Mozambique who died after 25 days trying to fast like Jesus did. 25 days he got into and before he passed away. That's not the point of this passage. The point of this passage is that we see the deep wrestling of Jesus. Now, Logan Paul is a wrestler and a boxer of some renowned as his KSI, but this is a different type of wrestling I'm talking about. Not the stuff that's made for television. That deep internal wrestling. And it's not just three easy questions that Jesus quickly answers and then moves on. It's 40 days of deep wrestling, which in the end reveal his identity and his purpose. In this passage, we see Jesus go to a place where all he has is a reliance on God the Father to show us that all we really need is a reliance on God. But very few of us would seek or wish for that type of extreme experience. But all of us can take small steps in the direction of increasing our reliance on God. I'm going to be somewhat controversial, 
particularly since you've shared with those around you what you might be giving or taking up for Lent. And I'm going to suggest something to you. Please don't give up things like chocolate, ice cream, alcohol, social media, or eating meat on Fridays. Unless those things are actually a problem for you. And if they are, please don't wait till Lent to deal with them. Instead of depriving yourself of something that might bring you joy, do something significant. We don't need any more miserable Christians wandering around the world, do we? Um, I haven't had chocolate for three weeks. No one needs that. Approach Lent with intent. Commit to a season of deep wrestling because we're not very good at digging deep to find out the truth about who we really are. And we're not really very good at admitting that what might on the outside look like success is really just a thin curtain in front of a whole heap of worries, insecurities and failures. In this passage, we see Jesus leaning into his identity. What kind of practices and perspectives are there that we could lean into that would deepen our identity as a follower of Jesus? That's Lent with intent. In a world that's so enticed by shortcuts, what if we took the harder road or the longer way round? That's Lent with intent. What if we approached Lent not as a means to an end, like if I gave up chocolate, I might drop a couple of kilos before Easter, and instead we started to build some healthy habits that become a way of bringing life, not just to ourselves, but bringing life to others around us. That's Lent with intent. Don't look at your life and look at what is good and what is bad and ask God to be part of making the bad stuff better and the good stuff great. Instead, look with an intentionality that God might actually already be doing something in the world that we might not be aware of and seek to be a part of that. That's Lent with intent. And the surprising part of that is that just by being part of what God is doing, my experience is that it makes the bad stuff better and the good stuff great. I do pray that we experience a holy and meaningful Lent. But I pray that it won't be one marked of doing what we think we should do. Rather that it's marked by doing what we need to do to deepen our identity as children of God and followers of Jesus. Let me pray. Loving God, I thank you for the example we see in Jesus. And I thank you for his love for us. I thank you that he clearly shows us who he is and who you are. 
Help us to dig deep and approach this Lent with intentionality that we might keep that vision of who you are clearly in front of us. Might we use it as a mirror and see who you are calling us to be as your followers, as believers, as children who are taking small steps in the direction of showing the world the hope that you call us. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I invite you to stand as we continue to worship?